definitely a mission. <laughs> well, I'm glad you came back, brother, and I'm I'm glad you hit me up to talk about the the armor of God because I think uh uh while it's a powerful message uh for you know all genders, but uh you know, even men stepping up and really um taking on the mindset of a warrior for God and, and all that stuff, it's just uh, really, really relevant. So I'm excited to talk about it, man. Uh, I was going to go ahead and read um, a little bit just to give the listeners context um, from verse 10 Alrighty. there in Ephesians uh, chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with the truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and above all taking the shield of faith wherein you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit. There's a Amen. lot to unpack there, brother. <laughs> yes, there is, man. That's a sermon. That That's is a full sermon. sermon. Let's jump into this, brother. Uh, you know, starting at verse, uh, you know, 10, 11. Um, you know, being strong in Lord, power of his might, putting on the whole armor of God. Um, what yeah. is what is that speaking to you in those first couple verses? Well, be strong in the Lord. You know, we can't be strong by ourselves. It's not our might. It's not our power. It's not our strength. It's God. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one of my favorite images of the power of God is thinking about that little character uh eight ten years old a uh, little girl named lucy and uh prince caspian and she's standing there on the on the end of the bridge and she's got a whole army about ready to cross that bridge against her she's got this little eight inch dagger in her hand okay and she's fearless just grinning you don't know what she's grinning about just yet but when the scene opens up and the army starts coming to the bridge Aslan steps out, does his roar, and the battle's over. <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. And, you know, she's not a warrior. She doesn't even have armor on. But she's ready. Yeah. And it's faith. We're strong in God, not in our own might. Yeah, yeah. Man, that's good. Uh, you know, reading the, the first couple verses, um, put on uh put on jumped out at me yeah and, yeah um you know the uh the context of um of uh putting something on uh kind of like clothing uh clothe yourself exactly. with we get this terminology like in the bible a lot clothe yourself with this or put on this and and so um you know our strength comes from him like he said and then the key word is to put that on yeah. it's like I suppose that by choice I can um, lay it aside or clothe myself with it and put exactly. it on like personal responsibility, you know? 
Yeah, just that uh, I don't feel like it today. But you know, it's kind of like you don't have the the option, man. This is warfare. Yeah, you don't have the option to not feel like it. Yeah, yeah. So another uh, uh, thing in there after the put on is the hole. So we're going to talk about the armor and the completeness um, where in the context of wholeness or completeness or full, um, each right. operation is required sort of thing. So it's like, um, you know, looking at the different things that we are to put on, um, even the exclusion of one leaves us vulnerable. Amen. Right. Yeah, the uh, the context that I've looked at this in is actually the, there's two of them. There's one when you you know, think back when your younger years, or maybe you still engage in uh, video games. But the the thing that you know God talks to me in a weird way because I'm a weird person. But I look at it, I look at it uh, from the the eyes of the different video games. You start off with this really weak character, and they don't have any armor at all. But as you progress through the, the levels, you get better armor. And of course, the bad guys even get worse. Yeah, yeah. But when you think about, you know, if that character, if you done built up several levels, if you took all that armor off and you go out, you know, you're wasted. You know, there's not even a fight to be had. You're done. Right. And it's, you know, if you, you can't get by with just a little bit, you know, when you really realize, you know, how severe the battle is leaving anything off is foolish yeah yeah and the um so you 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 um talked about gamifying uh this sort of thing and mm -hmm. so naturally uh you know i think about the like the hero's quest and how these games are like a journey and uh throughout the journey you pick up right. uh, certain power-ups and equipment and and stuff like that and you know there's some uh uh, levels or tactical things to where you need a certain piece of equipment to be able to handle that enemy at that level. Uh, but ultimately right. the, the, you know, to face the, the most powerful or to face, you know, everything is going, you're going to have to be completely leveled up. Right. <laughs> and you're going to have to like, exactly. you're going to go through the journey and the process and you've actually like picked these things up. So, um, you know, I look at it that way is, is we have a lot, a lot of challenges and, um, to come to those challenges, um, not full or complete or powered up. Um, it's going to be devastating. Um, uh, we might have exactly. to come back and, and fight that level again. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> and, and you're asking to get hurt when we don't, put on what you know you're supposed to put on your ass and get hurt and, and this is where the the second word picture comes in you know thinking about a football player who's going out there he's on the field but he's wearing tennis shoes he's wearing uh shorts and a t-shirt but he doesn't have the pad the helmet he doesn't have anything going on okay how badly is he going to get hurt the first yeah. time someone tackles him okay and, and he knows better you know, we have, as soldiers and, and God's army, we know better. You know, you yeah. can't be a Christian for any length of time without realizing there's a battle going on. Yeah. And he's, God gives us this. This is just our right. You know, as soon as we say yes to Jesus and you accept him as Lord and Savior, all of these things become ours. Yeah. Why not use it? 
Oh man, you touched into something like epic if we grab a hold of it. Uh, I do want to point it out to make sure that the men that are listening grab this, that uh, the equipment standard issue, military, like all these things that they, they, mm -hmm. they it's provided. It's like it's there uh, to utilize and it's at the disposal of the of the people enlisted, right? And so right. Uh, we're in this thing and the the equipment and everything is, is present like there for us to utilize. And that's why this terminology you put on is like so important that, um, you know, if it's there, well, that's cool. That's God's part. It's there, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. so the utilization of, of our part is, is to, uh, well, recognize that it's there and see it and then to put right. it on because um, it's no use of no value unless we appropriate, you know, what you're talking about. Yes, sir. Yeah. Ooh, that's good. Sure. All right. So moving on verse, to the um verse 12. Yeah, verse 12. Um, what do you think this is talking about? Like I have um, you know, uh an idea of spiritual warfare in the unseen world and 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 uh principalities and demons and, and stuff like that. Um, what's the main takeaway from uh 12 and 13 that you get as far as like who our enemy is? Well, uh, the Bible's pretty blatant, you know, they wrestle not against the, you know, the flesh and blood, but against the principalities and whatnot. So, yeah, there is a spirit realm that is just as real, if not more real than the things we can see, taste, touch, whatever with our eyes. Okay. That spiritual world is what is really making things move behind the scenes. You know, it's not, you know, the people in Washington, but those uh, powers of hell that are working in Washington. That's making things go wrong in our country, okay? Uh, I hope you don't get banned for me saying that, but, you know, but that's reality, you know, and I'm a married man, you're a married man, okay? And it's not our wives that really are struggle in life. It's how the devil can use our wives to get under our skin and vice versa. You know, either you or I are innocent of, never having been a thorn in their flesh once or twice you know right right <laughs> but yeah it you know it's not saying that either one you or i or our wives are possessed but the devil will use this or that to get underneath our skin cause us to stumble okay and uh, you know, just a addressed elephant in the room you know we have technology out there phones computers whatever it's not that those electronics are bad but it's how the enemy can use those electronics to cause a stumbling block in our lives yeah yeah that's that's the truth man there's a I thought think, uh yeah well it's a good thought because um you know things are you know <laughs> jesus talked about our hearts uh being the issue and the problem um you know in the context of like things um inanimate objects uh they don't really have they only have the power that we give them uh sort of thing exactly. like that yeah if it's our our heart can can use something for either building somebody up or tearing somebody down even the word of god i found um in the hands of corrupt men uh can be utilized as a as a manipulation tool oh. as an extortion tool 
Yeah, you know. That's how they crucified Jesus. They used the the word against him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Another thought this brings up is uh in the book of Daniel where uh Daniel was praying and, and the the prayer was hindered and um there was uh, uh said by the uh angel I believe that the prince of Persia withstood him and it took uh time yeah. and you know I think you know in the unseen realm that we don't clearly understand what's going on but prayers go forth and orders are are dictated uh and there is uh uh beings that are in charge of dispatching certain things and we don't yeah. think of the uh what needs to be orchestrated sometimes to to carry out some of these things and the delay involved with uh some of those and the battle unseen mm -hmm. battle that that could take place yeah. you know um, that's where my imagination goes sometimes when I, when I think about this stuff. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's definitely some stories in the Bible that kind of gives you a glimpse behind the curtain, you know, to what's going on there where our eyes don't see it. But, you know, even the Lord himself, you know, he had his experience in the wilderness and Satan went in there to tempt him. And uh, that's one illustration I think is going to be very applicable in the verses coming forward, where Jesus himself sets that example on how we utilize uh, our armor. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's dive into that. So the verse 14 there about uh, diving in there, um, stand having your loins girt about with truth and having the blessed, uh, breastplate of righteousness. So there we have two two things in context let's let's talk about the you know what it is to um, gird our loins with truth what's what's okay. the kind of revelation you have with that uh, the revelation i get on that is, is uh, to gird up is to take all that excess flesh and reel it in you know and uh, i think i like that. I, I think <laughs> that uh and I, I could be wrong on this but my understanding of that belt is not just a belt itself but it's kind of like the roman equivalent of underwear okay there's other things that they're pulling into place so that in a battle it wasn't in the way yeah okay? yeah and again i could be a little bit wrong on that but that's the way i understand it because the gird up isn't just girding in it's pulling things up and out of the way yeah, yeah, yeah. If my, you understood uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, my picture imagination is this because I, I know that the way that they flowed with their um garments and stuff and the pulling up of the legs so they can actually move and then the tying around for um seems to be for movement and flexibility. Um, because they wouldn't be able to to do much. Yeah. So I definitely get that. Right. Yeah, but yeah, our, our flesh likes to kind of run free, okay, and uh, some of us, and then now I'm getting up in age, and I'm kind of running free around the waistline, and <laughs> understand, you know, that uh, in, in certain situations, it would definitely be beneficial to try to trim that up a little bit. So, you know, the belt of truth, and this is kind of putting the other side of the equation into place here, is the belt is truth and when our flesh is trying to run away and do its own thing and kind of you know uh inhibitions be gone truth is what tells our flesh what the boundaries are so you know 
remembering back to my adolescent years and whatnot, and how rebellious I, I was to God and any other authority figure. Uh, truth is what you know puts me into place. And now I'm realizing the wisdom of God's word and how his truth can save me from some embarrassing and painful situations. Truth is a good way to keep us out of trouble. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, uh, I agree with that. And, um, you relate to that? I do. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, um, it's a main thing, man. This is like a, this is like a core, a core issue. Like, uh, with men, I know in general, men have a lot of issues in, in some of those spring forth from, you know, different root problems, you know, as I think trust in God is one of them. Um, one of our root core issues, I think, right. uh, identity, you know, not understanding who we are. Uh, um, but then the truth aspect of, of living in truth, telling the truth, being honest, facing reality. Um, I think it's a fundamental issue, man, because, you know, self-deception is tied to lying to yourself <laughs> oh man uh, you know we were the most creative is lying to ourselves yeah yeah heard that somewhere and uh you know just not just not telling the truth in general um lying and 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 stuff like that um yeah it doesn't get talked back or taught taught or 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 spoken about that much and i think that's funny that or ironic a little bit to me that that's the first thing is is um looking at that truth now to me it's um truth as a person you know of course amen uh, god being truth um seeing the reality of who god is in and walking into that light and in that light um i see the reality of who i am uh and that is not only because many people, oh, you got to face the truth, you got to face reality, and it's and it's it has this negative connotation to it. But for me, it's tapping into to the truth of what he says I am, you know, uh, exactly. uh his son, his child, um, forgiven, loved, and accepted. Uh, all of these are truths that, mm -hmm. um, that we lie to ourselves about, uh, up here. You know, I'm not forgiven or I'm not accepted or I'm not approved or he doesn't love me or, you know, all these different right. things that come about that are attached to lies. Yeah. Yeah. The breastplate of righteousness has probably got to be my favorite uh, because of the most misconception about righteousness and what it means and how does someone get right. <laughs> What's your thoughts on this, brother? And uh, I, I had a, a huge heart check uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, this came up in a Bible study that I was involved in on a Wednesday night. And uh, God's been dealing with me on, with pride. And it's been a stumbling block for me for well, my whole life. Okay, But uh, that was something that was good between me and God. You know, because I want my own way. I'm um, have my own little struggles, what I consider to be the injustice of the world. You know, and it's just all behind the scenes things. But 
My pride was keeping me from being open to God. Righteousness is our being in a right standing with God. And anything, you know, that we allow in our lives that is not supposed to be there can be something that comes between us and God. And righteousness is supposed to protect our heart from all the things that it wants, shouldn't be wanting, and keeping us, you know, just shelter everything out except from God, right? Uh, that's the way I look at it, is just yeah. keeping the bad out and, and God in. Um, but it's those, those stumbling blocks that, you know, I want this, I want that, you know, why can't this happen? And we, we're wanting everything else to make our heart happy when the only things that's ever going to work is God. Yeah. Mm. If that yeah. makes sense. It does. It does. You know, I, I like that. I think of, um, you know, uh, rightness and um, there's a way many people find rightness in kind of all different kind of ways, you know, in the religious community. Um, oh, man. Legalism. Legalism. Uh, they find yeah. the rightness in, 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 in a workspace righteousness. Um, there's kind of the uh, feel right kind of righteousness. If I, if everything feels right, you know, like emotional uh, uh, and then the look right, the think right, the no right. Um, intellectualism, I think, is 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 very strong in the uh, church today, and that is that we're right because we believe everything right, and where you don't, wow. and, yeah. <laughs> you know, we get you know, yeah, all of this stuff. So it's like, to me, I see everybody trying to find their rightness, uh, really, in everything, but but what Christ did on the cross and in the righteousness that he provided for us. And it's, it's crazy mm -hmm. too, that he tells us to put on that righteousness too, on another location, clothe yourselves with, with mm -hmm. the spirit, clothe yourself with, with his righteousness. Um, yeah. Well, uh, see, that's, that's where I think that the, the whole legalistic religious realm of Christianity, if we even want to equate the two, because uh, I've got my apprehensions on that. But when you're looking for what am I doing, what am I believing, you know, your religious pillars, as it were, okay, you're looking at what you're doing to be yeah. right. You're looking at what your beliefs are to be right, your denomination or whatever those things are. God says, love me first and foremost. That makes us right with him. Yeah. It's not all those other things. He will clean up us you know you clean us up once we are in love with him and loving him walking with him it's we can't do those things and get to heaven we will love him yeah, yeah. and we're not going to go ahead, go ahead. Oh, i was going to say inside of that is uh uh motivation from the right source too because you know christ talked yeah. about you know receiving that love and receiving his forgiveness and then going and doing likewise. And from that, it comes from a place of experience and power instead of like uh, knowledge and theoretical um, because I have been forgiven and because I, I feel accepted and I am loved. And from right. that place, I'm able to, to give the same to others. Um, it's a flow. <laughs> it's a, a, a power and flow state instead of uh, 
trying to conjure up love on my own, I guess. Yeah. All righty. That's good, brother. We are sh- the yeah. feet shod with the preparation of gospel of peace. Yeah. Man, I love that one. Which yeah, there, there's a, a ton in that all by itself. But uh, to walk in peace, you know, we should just read this on the surface, not even trying to dig into a spiritual application. Just walking in peace says a ton all by itself. You know, the, the way Jesus behaved and how he talked to the sinners. This is, a, you know, to me, that's a huge striking difference, you know, on how Jesus spoke to the religious and how Jesus spoke to the sinners. Yeah, the sinners, he was loving. He, the sinners, he was loved back. But the religious are the ones that they hated them, okay? Uh, but uh, peace is how it all happened. He came across without judging, without beating anybody up. You know, he met the, the woman at the well, and he didn't say a cross word to her was all in love and yeah. she felt so great about it she went and brought the whole city out to see him okay uh, and we know he was well received right just thought that's a that's a wonderful thing i uh i see the different ways of communication i've i've recognized that and i've seen that um you know some of the hardest hardest statements in the bible are um at the Pharisees, and um, it wasn't until I kind of put myself in the the realm of the Pharisee and then listening to some of the things he said as if he was uh, talking to me. I mean, he wrote a whole chapter uh, uh, to the Pharisees about mm-hmm. you know their grievances. I think there was like 13, 14 different things. It's kind of kind of like his ninety five thesis sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. And you look at his it, like you know the the hypocrisy, the the heavy weights, the burdens, the putting that same weight and burden on other people, and uh, just all these different things. It's like, you know, it's a, not a whole. Uh, uh, you didn't have a nice word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the the one that jumps out to me right now is um, "You're of your father, the devil, and the deeds of your father you will do." <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's very, uh, very uh, thick, hard stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, tough word. Tough, tough word. word. But uh, the the rest of that is uh, the gospel of peace. Okay, so we, we, we've addressed peace. Now we address the gospel. The gospel is the good news. And I, I like to look at, and it's, I don't know who said this, you know, so it's not me, okay? But you break down gospels, God's only son provides everlasting life. You oh, just nice, spell nice. the gospel right there. And, you know, that that's somebody, you know, long, long ago, because I remember reading that as a kid, but it stuck with me, okay? So that's, you know, to preach the gospel, simply say, you know, God loves you, and he provides everlasting life. Mm-hmm. And we are supposed to be ready. We got our shoes on, ready to run, you know, take on the world and every step we make throughout the day. We're ready. Yeah. That's what we're walking in. That is our mission. Yeah, no, that's good. 
That's good news. <laughs> news. That's good, good news. news. I uh, uh, my mind goes to the bad news because um, you know, if we we if we had to muster up our own power to live this Christian life, and if we, um, you know, had to strive to uh, um, find acceptance with God and to, you know, under this legalistic kind of mentality. We would just, uh, well, we would either pretend like a lot of people do, right? They pretend that they're uh, they're doing a good job at the the commandment keeping, but they're really not. Uh, or we would um, try and give up, right? Um, and I found myself under that, uh, under legalism, you know, trying to measure up and then giving up. And and it sounds weird to people that that you would come to that place, but coming to that place is is surrendering once again to the life of God that's inside of you to allow that, that power to work and to flow more effortlessly, not trying to get accepted, but you're accepted already. So it's, it's a living from a place of power instead of trying to right. do good enough to get the power. Cause that's bad news. <laughs> that's really bad yeah. News. And uh, Satan tries to, to tie us up in that, that box where we, we think we have to do something to get God to love us. And there's never going to be anything that we can do that would uh, make him love us less or make him love us more. He is who he is. Yeah, that doesn't change. That's good, brother. All right, let's uh, let's go to this uh, uh, shield of faith um, wherein you're able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Yeah, and my favorite word in that sentence is all. Yeah. That's what jumps out to me. You know, Paul just, you know, says flat out, you know, you take up the shield of faith, you can quench all the fiery darts. So he could fire away all he wants, as many times he wants, from any angle he wants. But the promise here from God, as long as our faith is in him, he's got it covered. Yeah. That's awesome. One of the first churches I went to was called the Shield of Faith. Uh, that's kind of where they got that scripture from. But uh, I'm looking up the words here real quick in the Greek. And uh, it's um, crazy. The uh, a faith attached to uh, trust and reliance and, um, you know, where where your confidence is located. Um, this one right. again that when we talked about main issues, um, that's like, well, if I, if I were to describe the Bible and say, what is a fundamental issue that God is trying to, uh, rectify and bring solution to, and I would say misplaced trust, um, because, you know, we have our trust in all of these different locations, uh, you know, in biblical times, it was in Kings and princes and <clears throat> chariots and money and, and uh, all of these different things that, that the Bible talks about, but to bring it home in personal, um, you know, me uh, trusting in, in money or, or business or, uh, you know, when I was addicted, I, I had reliance upon that substance to do something for me. So that once again is a, a misplaced trust. Um, 
So right. the fundamental issue of coming back to the, of where our confidence lies and where we're, where, where the reliance is, <laughs> that's basically, right. it's almost like to me too, is, is when I think about my, my marriage, like, um, there's going to be things that we're going to work out along the way. And that is like, uh, maybe disappointments and, and like, uh, uh, arguments or, or different things that happen along the way. But if the allegiance and the faithfulness is a settled part of the relationship, then we're going to go, we're going to work through these things. And so I see with God, right. a sense of like, I'm placing my confidence and trust in you that then we're going to work some of these stuff out. Um, Right, so got to take care of that fundamental issue because if that's not taken care of, then uh, Christians are trying to serve money and God at the same time, uh, or they're trying to serve their lust right. and addiction to pornography and just trying to hang on to God and and basically their the relationship or everything's just kind of stopped at that point and that's where they are and they're not going to move forward until they destroy that idol and smash it. You know, <laughs> can't have two masters. Yeah, I want to uh, define the word faith. Uh, if we're talking about the shield yeah, of faith, yeah. I need yeah. to define faith. And uh, the definition I've had going for most of my life now is faith is knowing that God is control and I'm not and being content with it. And if there's any part of that that is out of place, you know, like me being not content, it doesn't matter that if I know God's in control. If I'm not content with him having control of me, not then I'm not having faith in him. Yeah. You know, yeah. so you got to have all the above involved in that. But uh, you know, faith is knowing that God is in control. Yeah. That's the big part of it, and we need to get to that place of really trusting and believing in that. That's that. You know that we got to get beyond that door, as yeah. it were. Yeah. And once we're on the side of that door, we're actually trusting him. No reservations. God have that. You're the man. I trust you. Yeah, yeah. That's the attitude we got to have, or we're missing the boat. We're missing it. Yeah, it's crazy because um, I you know I've really dug deep into this, uh, not recently, but in the past, <clears throat> in this term faith about uh, a term of credit and a good faith deposit and and taking what it is that you have and then putting it in deposit at a location uh, that's not your own. It's all in that context of what faith really is. Um, and so in the natural, if like I was going to go all in with a bank, then I would take all of my assets and I would compile them together. And then I would go to the bank and I would, I would place them in deposit. That would be what a faith would look like that I'm, I'm placing my trust, my confidence, everything's over, you know, with this uh, source because I have deemed them reliable, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and that's really what I believe is a saving faith. Uh, anything else than that is, um, it's kind of a mental ascent or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't want yeah, to rush fine. this, brother. Um, yeah. So let's continue this next week because I don't want to fly through uh, okay. what we have going here. And um, you know, I think it was important to stay on faith here for a little bit. But uh, uh, I, I hope the All brothers right. out there uh, uh, are following along and, and really feel like uh, 
Uh, God has called you to this uh, life of, of being a warrior for him and for his name. And our God is a great king and he's a warrior king and he's going to come soon and he's going to establish his kingdom upon this earth and we're going to rule and reign Amen. with him. And this life is training for reigning. And so being equipped with Amen. the armor of God and all these things build us up for our mission and what we're supposed to do. So any final words, Amen. brother? Uh, to go back to uh, what we're saying, man, uh, pick it all up, put it all on, use it daily because your life depends on it. Awesome. Awesome. That's great, brother. Uh, stop recording.